Today's episode of Bachelor Party is brought to you by State Farm. State Farm agents know that in life, anything can happen. You might buy your dream car on impulse or come home to a broken-in apartment, maybe say yes to a proposal from your significant other and start a family, or find yourself in a fender bender when you least expect it. Whatever happens, when it comes to home and auto insurance, State Farm agents are there to help. And with over 19,000 agents in neighborhoods across the U.S., there could be one just around the corner. So contact an agent today because no matter what neighborhood you're from or whatever stage of life you're in, check out statefarm.com today to find an agent in your neighborhood. State Farm, talk to an agent today. And now let's batch. The four that are left are like little babies. They don't really know who they are. Like, are you a child or are you an adult? But clearly he doesn't agree. (laughs) He's not able to sit there and make decisive decisions and stuff like that. And um, then, then that's on him. I don't really want him to waste my time either. You know, thank you for not coming and meeting my family. party. I'm Juliette Littman, down to just four ladies. But of course, we'll be talking about the six gals who went to Lima, Peru with Peter. I honestly can't believe we're, this is episode seven, week six. Feels like Peter's season is flying by. And as such, I had to pump the brakes on all other guests and get my colleague Mallory Rubin in here. Hello, Mallory. Juliette, you're saying I'm in a mood every time we talk. A, I'm not in a mood. <laughs> So good. Great to be here with you, bud. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I have to say, I I wish that we had like some Tyler material to talk about. We haven't done a pod free of Tyler in a while. So I just had to mention him up top. Tyler, we still love you. Here's the thing about Tyler. He's still crushing it. Still crushing it. <laughs> still wearing tight pants. I had dinner with Tyler not too long ago. And we were with Tyler's um, co-host of Barkitecture, this nice woman named Delia. And she was like, he told me that he does all these podcasts. You do this podcast about him and how tight his pants are. <laughs> I was oh like, my God. I was like, yes, I have. So he might be a little bit less less comfortable with our crotch talk than he may have let on. But that's why Tyler's so great. All right, we, we can move on. You know, John Aaron's dying words were the seed is strong and your brand is strong, my friend. That's what I have to say. I guess, or it's just like embarrassing for me, but whatever. Not as embarrassing <laughs> as it is for everyone involved in Peter's season. For all seven of the people pictured on last night's show, there is some embarrassment to be had. Yeah, it's tough. A lot happened in Lima, Peru. Honestly, I watched this episode twice. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of shocked how much they packed into it considering it was the normal length of two hours of TV time. Mm-hmm. I want to go in reverse. Okay. I would like to begin with talking about the three-on-one date in which Peter brought um, Kelly, Hannah Ann, and Victoria F. Yep. She's just Victoria now. That's right. To like essentially a wedding venue in like suburban mm. Peru. Mm. And lovely. They didn't do much there. What did they do there? They spoke. Kelly took a nap. Kelly took a nap on a bench, which I respected and honestly admired. I did too. <laughs> I did too. But but like literally, what was the date? Like I've watched it twice and I'm just like, okay, so you talked to the guy who owns this land. Uh-huh. And that was it. Yeah, that yeah. was it. A lot of talking to strangers this season. It's like, yes. I, Peter, 
once again, this will be an anti-Peter podcast. I'm very sorry. <laughs> and I just want to note, I just want to note, it's Peter the Bachelor. It's not Peter the Human. I really sure. genuinely believe that Peter Weber is probably a really nice guy who would be fun to hang out with if you, like, ran into him at a bar. Of course. Peter the Bachelor is inseparable. <laughs> So I just I just wanted to be clear. It's Peter the Bachelor. I, I don't mean for this to be like a full-on character assassination because I do think in the wild, mm-hmm. he's probably a lot more normal. He's under a lot of stress. His mm-hmm. bandage just came off. I you know. Mean, he told everyone. He He's excited about it. Honestly, I'm excited about it. It was distracting. It was a very large bandage. It was a large and odd bandage. It was like many small bandages. It almost looked like a paper mache project when you're in <laughs> elementary school, but on his forehead. However, now that you can see the scar, you won't, have this problem, I don't think, because you... I um, have not read or seen don't Harry like Potter. Harry Potter That's but correct. It's all I can think about, Juliet. It's <laughs> all funny. I can think about. That's it. very funny, because I. it's funny what you, what you bring to people you don't know, because I was just talking to our dear friend and colleague, Sean Fantasy, mm-hmm. about Maya Rudolph. And yeah. I was like, when I see Maya Rudolph, all I can think about is what is it like in the Maya Rudolph-Paul Thomas Anderson household? Like, yeah. all, like what... Sure. what what do the kids talk about? What are the, what's their days like? And I think of that, and then the next thing I think of is what what is the judge currently watching in the Good Place universe? Mm. You know? Yeah. Are we back on Bloodline? Have we moved on? <laughs> She's so good on the Good Place. She's great. I love her. Anyway, back to Peter. I, I, as you can tell, my interest in Peter is so low that I've derailed us into talking about Maya Rudolph. But any anyhow, listen. He is the only thing. Not a super rich text. No. He's, yeah. He's a disappointment and no greater disappointment than on this three on one. So he did he did say that he was canceling the dinner portion, right, that he didn't find it necessary to proceed with the evening, even though one of the Ten Commandments of the Bachelor universe is that there's never enough time. Never. Never enough time. Time is so precious. If only we had had more time. I guarantee you that somewhere on Hometowns or Fantasy Suites or the final two, if one of the women who was on this three-on-one makes it that far, we will hear that they did not have enough time together. And I hope, I pray that someone has the, 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 uh, the, the mental capacity to call back to this moment and say, you should have taken me to fucking dinner. That's a great point. And so the the woman most likely to have done that, or will do that, is Kelly, who got sent home on this three-on-one. We'll talk about all three Ooh. of the women, but Kelly is gone. What and an episode for Kelly. It's truly a loss. Kelly went from, I'm not sure about this woman, I'm suspicious of her. Yeah. How did they meet in the hotel lobby? Right. Peter's really into her. Wow, she has an advantage. To Peter being so sure that he didn't care for her that he canceled the dinner just to get rid of her sooner. Puzzling series of events. Incredibly puzzling. And... In your opinion, yeah. what did Kelly in? Oh, this is easy. I think so, too. I want to hear your answer. She's not constantly telling Peter how wonderful he is. She's not fawning over him. She's not giving in to his, and I don't want to be unkind or uncharitable, needy impulses. You know, he needs he needs so much validation and affirmation. And listen— there's a part of me that actually like really relates to that as a human being. Of course. Because we all we're all seeking affirmation. Yes. We're all seeking love and people telling us we're great and making us feel reassured. Of, of course. course. It's hard to be in a relationship. It's hard to be a person in the world. I assume it's hard to date multiple people at once on television. Can't can't say for sure about the last one. I understand that you would need to hear consistently that the person you are on the other side of a bench or fake table with thinks it's real and yeah. is actually going to be there at the end. And she was basically not interested in playing the game. However, she did, that but- was ultimately what made her so compelling. The thing, thing is, Kelly, I don't think Kelly's normal because she went on the show. Kelly seems super normal. Kelly's just like, I'm here for fun. Yes. I'm sleepy. 
I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> Kelly's just like, I have a career. Why would he pick anyone over me? She said, I'm an attorney. Like, yeah, that was great. I related to that. Like, yeah, she, she just assumes that like her, her credentials make her um, a better pick. And I'm also someone with a job. So perhaps I'm like biased, but I'm like, yeah, that checks out. You, you would think you'd want to choose a woman with a career and a career path and like interests outside of being on the show to stick around for longer. But no, Peter did not care for her. And he, I, I think the fact that she was fun and that she also was proud of being fun was used against her or was held against her. So I will say that was one part that I found a little difficult to track, the whole fun discussion. Sure. Because now now I, I should issue a, a broad caveat okay. at the top of this podcast. As you know, it's always an honor for me to be here with you. I'm really glad you are. I'm <laughs> glad it worked out. I asked you, I only gave you about... 30 hours notice. It's a it's a delight for me. I could tell you were engaged with the material, so I, I thought it'd be a good time. So this is what I wanted to say. I think I am the least engaged with this season that I have been in a long time. I think there are various reasons for that. The two episodes in one week last week it was just too much. really threw me off. I think it was so overwhelming that people like you and I were just like, this is too much. It's the sheer volume. Yeah. But it's also... The Bachelor needs to trick you into, like, abiding by the laws of its universe. And passage of time is, is a key part This of that. is a real MCU. Yes. Like, certainly. Lord of the Rings. Absolutely. Like, this is a real fantasy person's take. But I agree. Keep going. The rules can be whatever they are, but you have to understand yes. what they are. That's you the, have to. That's the first rule of fantasy, right? Exactly. You build any world you want, but there needs to be an abiding code. Establish so it. It's the first rule of fantasy and serial killers. <laughs> You must have a code. <laughs> exactly. Because otherwise, everything feels like a deus ex machina. You yeah. lose your bearings. You start to feel unmoored. And I found that happening with me in this episode, where I ha just have a, a worse feel than I usually do, certainly at this point in the season, not only for where Peter is in a relationship with these women, but for where they are with him, what has even really happened and why, and also how I feel about them. So, for example, I texted you to go back to last week's sure. episodes for a second, I was just completely confounded by Sydney going home. Me too. There was no precedent for it. There was no in indication it was going to happen. She, I was like, did I miss an episode? She just had a one-on-one. -on -one. It didn't make any sense None. at all. And so I feel just that things like that start to add up and you find yourself suddenly at hometowns without having any real grasp of what's happening in this season. This is definitely... The season, since I started watching the show again with Juan Pablo's season, where I feel like I had the, the worst initial read on mm. everyone as well. Like the people I thought I was going to like and thought for sure would make it to the end. Uh, you know, Madison might be the only one, actually. I think I was like, eh, Hannah Ann, yeah, maybe he clearly likes her. But I think those two have been obvious from the beginning. I was sure Kelly would be there. I was too. sure Victoria P. would be there. I was sure. I was positive about Kelly as well. I and like, I also oh, didn't like far. Kelly at first. Same. I was... Very put off by their whole weird faux origin story. I'm going to say weird faux orgy, which we also can't rule I mean, out. <laughs> who says no? <laughs> and then by the end, I was like, this is the... If he... I actually said to my husband, Adam, as we were watching this episode, if Madison and Kelly are not his final two, he is fucked. Right. Fucked. Because they are the only two people who are actually interested in a relationship yes. with him. Yes. And, it's, and notably, they're both 23. Yes. And they notably... Hannah Ann says she's never been in love before, which is like completely fine at 23 and also in some ways very honest right. and probably more realistic than my 23-year-olds. Right. And Victoria is just 
Oh my god, Victoria's off her absolutely should, off her rocker. But I would say Kelsey likes him. I'll say that. I think Kelsey likes him too. I think Kelsey has much broader um life forces at play that maybe like make it more easy for her to like want to believe in this relationship. Kelsey is her own her own thing, which we learned a little bit about tonight. We'll yes. we'll come back to her. But this thing with Kelly is I don't understand why he's just not into her. Like one thing that I've always that I've always thought about The Bachelor, and this really challenges one of my personal conceptions of how the show works mm-hmm. and what it's like to be the lead, is that you want to spend time with someone that it's easy to be with them because there's so much drama, particularly this season, that the person who is the most fun and drama-free kind of gets to go far, even if there's not a real connection there. I mean, just my personal life, I love to fight. So, like, sure. I, I, you know, I, under- I understand a little bit of that, Peter. But I also, like, I think in this environment, you would want to be around the person that makes it easy for you when everyone else is, like, just asking so much of you. And that was Kelly. Kelly was like, I don't want to go deep. Mm-hmm. I just want to have fun. I just want to enjoy our time together. I just want to, like, be in this steamy right. environment, literally. Peter does not want that. Peter right. Peter needs to be needed, I think. Yes. And Kelly, in saying, I'm an attorney. Independent woman. Independent woman indicated she actually does not need Peter. But that's better. You should want the woman who of wants course. you, that wants you, doesn't need you. In my in my opinion. I agree. She, I mean, she did literally say that to him during their conversation on the three-on-one. She said, not every relationship has to sit here and be like jumping through yes. hurdles super hard and all this stuff. It can be easy and still could be fun. And then the only that thing he latched onto- That was a mature thing for her to say. Of course. The only thing he latched onto was the end. Then he said, is it more than just fun for you? Because he needs everything to be this storybook romance. Peter, I think- Also, d- don't- They've met- Okay, they met in August, but like they've been on the show for seven weeks. Don't you want it to be fun? Weeks one through seven. If you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong, Peter. Well, so this is part of it is he obviously wants the fairy tale in general. But I think that in Kelly's case, that was compounded because of the way they met. So he was actually weirdly holding her to a higher standard yes. of what this magical feeling, this this sense of predestination yes, in your I was love say life was supposed as well. to be like. And I feel in this respect bad for Peter, actually. And like he's a little bit doomed to to heartbreak here because even though... We saw what happened with with him and, and Hannah. He obviously went through something, you know, for, for, sincerely for him, traumatic there, yes. I think. He's had relationships before. I don't know if he's... I, I don't think of Peter as being immature, but I don't know if he's gotten to the point in his life where he understands the crucial thing about relationships. Really, the Which crucial thing. The passion fades. Yes. Always. <laughs> you cannot build you need, on that. You need to enjoy each other. You cannot build on that. That cannot be the cornerstone on which you build because then the whole thing crumbles. How many years have you been married? Long enough. <laughs> but say, <laughs> says the married woman. <laughs> Long enough. <laughs> Peter has not gotten that memo. No. And I think it's also because he like really idealizes his parents and like however he sees them. Yes. And it's also been idealized for us through that vow renewal. But like obviously. Right. Everyone who's ever watched A Real Housewives knows every relationship is idealized at the beginning of the show and then they're divorced like three years later. Yes. If you want to stay married, do not go on The Real Housewives. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> it's a way to doom your marriage. You mentioned his parents, by the way. Yeah. Kelly looks like his mother. She does. And that style. was also, I think, probably even if he was not willing to admit it or acknowledge it consciously, some sort of soul deep Oedipal draw for him. Oh, yes. I agree with that for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. And that faded over time. I found myself really puzzled, not only by the decision that he made, m- less so for letting her go and more so for who he chose to keep, obviously. But I found his explanation uh, to, to the camera that, like, 
I felt we had a really good friendship actually strange. Like, do you, do you, Juliette Lippman, typically try to fuck your friends on a bar top? No. Because that's what he did with Kelly. No. What? <laughs> a good friendship? I guess that faded, though. That passion faded quickly for him. And he was like, I'm out. Which I guess, like, you know, again, it's early. It should be fun and passionate. Right. I suppose. But <laughs> he just, the things that he values are not things that you build upon. No. Because the, uh, conversely, they clearly had passion in the beginning. He tried to fuck around a bar top. <laughs> um, like similar with ha- to Hannah and the pool table. He likes a, like a felt surface in like a darkened room. Yes. Kind of thing. Yes. Peter's watched a lot of movies. That's one of my takes on Peter. Yes, absolutely. That I completely, he's also probably like, I feel like he like loves Tom Cruise. I feel like he's probably like a love risky business. Oh, interesting. I could see that. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I just, I just feel like, whatever. <laughs> The things that he wants to build on are not long-lasting. Because even if, like, you were, like, mildly interested and, like, the passion's not there yet, like, have right. fun and, like, try to, like, build it. Like, catch a vibe and ride it. You don't need to, like, be naked immediately. Which it seems to be, like, he needs to be either just drenched in a girl's tears. Yes. Or, like, sweaty passion. Yes, he definitely needs to be drenched in some sort of secretion. You're right, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Sweater tears and nothing else for Peter. I mean, he's afraid. That was the theme of this episode, you know, from him showing up at the hotel room to talk to them at the beginning, the the call he made to his mother, the through line, and then then in every conversation that he had with all of the women, the through line is, and this has been true since since the beginning of the season, I don't want to pick someone who doesn't want to be with me. And again, I relate to that. That's normal and very human, I think. But when you operate from a position of fear, you're not going to let yourself actually fall in love with the one person there who's kind of not willing to constantly coddle you. Totally. And make you feel special. And that was Kelly. Also, the one person who's confident enough in herself to be like, here's who I am. Yeah. You guys be crazy. I'm taking a nap. It's almost like Kelly's confidence worked against her. It did border on... Passe, hubris care. Yeah, at and this point. And also not caring. Yeah, and which I, is how he perceived it, yes, clearly. Yes, very much so. And I, I don't know. It's just a bummer. Like, Kelly deserves the benefit of the, of the doubt, not Victoria. I, oh, I, my I, God. I, I just can't. I want to talk about Victoria now. Okay. So, um, Victoria— One of the four babies Kelly dunked on. Yes. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> it was really great. Victoria um, is the opposite of Kelly. She's not like calm, cool, and collected. She she gets whiny mm-hmm. and she is in a bad mood all the time. And she then accuses Peter of being in a bad mood. This was a fascinating social experiment. And it was real conversation. It was really weird. So Victoria was in a bad mood. Yes. She's previously said, like, I wish you didn't have to be responsible for my moods and how I feel. And I'm I, you know, she I, she says something that I think probably a lot of women relate to, which is like she feels crazy, but and she's like she's sorry that she's crazy, but right. She then turned that outward and like weaponized her moods to say Peter was in a mood. Yes. And as you quoted earlier, she it's like you're always in a you're always in a mood when we talk to each other, yeah. and basically like <laughs> begged him to explain that he actually likes her and that it's okay that she like gets emotional, and this was like the most masterful Jedi mind trick we've seen all season <laughs> because it really fucking worked. And Peter is now like desperate. He was then desperate to calm her down mm-hmm. and desperate to show him how much he really did care about her. And it made me angry. I hate Victoria. And I, yeah. even if I didn't know any of the stuff outside of the show about Victoria with the White Lives Matter shit and, and other things, 
I would still hate Victoria. Victoria is so manipulative and she's the type of woman who's very aware of her female, her feminine wiles and really, really harnesses them to like a gross extent. And tonight was almost unbearable to watch. And like, I despise her. I feel similarly. (laughs) I, you know, I don't always understand the choices that people on The Bachelor make. Uh Okay. However, (laughs) try to figure out how to say this without sounding like a huge asshole. It's okay. I said I hate Victoria. She's a random 24-year-old who I've never met. Sorry. (laughs) I think she turned 26 and she was like, I'm so old. Craig, how old did she say she turned a couple weeks ago? Yep, 26. Yeah, 26. And she was like, oh my God, I'm so old. It's like, okay, Victoria, I'm turning 34 next week. Back off, bitch. Here's my take on that. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I... I may not always understand the choices that they make, but I don't often find The Bachelor hard to understand, Uh, okay? Yes. I have been befuddled by every aspect of the Victoria arc. Like, going back to the Chase Rice thing, to this day, you, you cannot... You cannot convince me that anything that happened on that date made sense. I still do not understand it. Why was she so afraid to tell Peter? Why did she make it sound like she had fucked the sound guy in the corner (laughs) when he was like getting a coffee? I just didn't understand any of it. And then I have an incredibly mean thing to say about Victoria. I actually, it's too mean for air. How about this? No, I can't say it. I can't. And then if it's too mean, we can cut it. Let's hear it. (laughs) Doesn't she? Doesn't she though? I'm sorry. We have to edit that out. Oh my god! I'm. This, this is a big trust exercise with you and Craig on the edit here. <laughs> the one, the other one-on-one date that she had. Yeah. So this, she said she had two one-on-ones first. Yes. Basically, because her insecurity, I, my read on it is her fake insecurity. I don't think it's real. I think she's. I think this is a tactic that she's used on men before, and it's worked. Weak men like Peter didn't work on Chase Rice, and. <laughs> She projects so much insecurity that it, like, brings the guy down. It brings the people around her down. Right. And as a result, it then makes him, like, grovel and be like, is everything okay here? Right. And it's, like, this crazy psychodrama that I could never pull off. So, like, perhaps I should, like, commend her on being able to, like, just use— She's, like, she's like the, the scary painting in Ghostbusters, you know? Mm-hmm. Where he's, like, able to, like, look around and command people. And um, shout-out to Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Actually, sure. I think it's Ghostbusters 2, in fact. Sigourney out there on the— uh, On the Oscars? Oscar stage. Right, absolutely. Talking about girl power. My low point of the Oscars 2020, which was— She'd be horrified by this discussion. They all would. For her to say all women are superheroes, I probably will never forgive Sigourney <laughs> Weaver. It's it's one of the dumbest things anyone's ever said. It is so inherently false. For more on this, listen to Ringer Dish. We did an, I went on a whole exegesis about it. Oh, wonderful. I can't wait to listen. I, I hate I hate Victoria. I hate how she has used her her she is very hot and she has figured she's beautiful, out beautiful, beautiful she's, woman. She's not beautiful, she's hot. Like gorgeous. She's just yeah. hot. Yes. Right, Craig? No comment. <laughs> She's figured it out and she's brought Peter down. (laughs) And I, it's so unpleasant to watch because you're just like, I hate these two bozos who are like fighting over who can be more insecure. And she's like begging him to make her feel better all the time. Right. So, boy, there's a lot there to unpack. (laughs) Unlike with the actual people on the current season. I don't like this aspect of this season. I don't like that it makes 
you, meaning you, the collective you, the viewing public, really doubt and question the motives of all the women. And yet it's almost impossible to not watch it that way yeah. based on how a lot of this has gone. With Victoria, it's like, I don't know Victoria. I don't know. You what's don't? Going on. No, no. I, I have not had the pleasure. Of- I, I hope to never meet her. I have no interest. <laughs> I, I, I'm not joking. Only woman I really want to meet other than... My top is number one, number one, Tammy. Number two, Kelsey. Number three, Kelly. But carry on. I interrupted you. You should go to the Cuse with Tammy. Flip some houses. I'll I go with a, you. We can get a covered burrito at Alto Cinco. I miss it there. I got a feeling Tammy will make her way out to LA. Just a hunch. Good. No? Okay. I see it. Carry on. With Victoria, it's, it's hard not to find yourself in a suspicious headspace because the contrast between her demeanor with Peter and then her demeanor immediately after when she's speaking to the camera is so stark. Or to the other women. Like, when she said immediately after their conversation on the three-on-one, the three I'm reviewing it in my mind and I'm mortified. It's not just that she was able to have that clarity and self-awareness. It's that she was able to state it succinctly, fairly articulately, efficiently, the the thing that she's doing with Peter when she's constantly bo- like borrowing time and stalling by playing with her hair and looking away from mm-hmm. this whole I can't make eye contact with you because the moment is too much for me is just not how she behaves when she's with other people. Totally. So, look, all of these women are, are honestly welcome to conduct themselves the way that they see fit. That's part of what's interesting about the show. The, the slightly alarming part is that Peter doesn't seem to be able to tell the difference. He just falls for it. And I'm, considering that that's his big anxiety is, am I being duped? He just makes it really easy on them. So, like, you're citing this as the the kind of the new bar for him being fooled, basically. Yeah. I can't get over what happened with Hannah Ann last week. When, when she said she everything had, was fine, she was enjoying the date, and then she realized they're not connecting, so she starts crying. She said she had never been in love despite being in a three-year relationship with someone. Yeah. Which is, I'm sorry, no judgment on how people conduct their relationships. Not normal. <laughs> three years is a long time without love. That 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 is not a relationship said, Did she think point. she said it and, and he said it and she said it back just perfunctorily? Or like, what do you think was going on there? I think She's just you, so young. It's hard to know. Here's my answer to the question. It doesn't matter. The part that matters is that she told Peter all of that. And then as soon as it seemed like she wasn't going to get the rose, she ran and he excused himself from the table. She ran over to him, cried and said, I think I'm falling in love with you. And he said, amazing. Like, bro, are you fucking kidding me? That was pretty embarrassing for him. And just really weird. Really, really weird. Also, to want to win so badly that you feel like you would just lie and say, I think I'm falling in love with you, suggests that she probably has lied about being in love other times, you know? I... Hannah Ann, though, every, all the other women in the house seem to like her. So that makes me like her more. Because her, if her and Kelsey can patch things up after Champagne Gate, which they very clearly have, then there's something about Hannah Ann that's a little bit more magnetic than I think we're getting through the camera. Well, you know, Peter did refer to her sweet nature. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and then she does actually seem sweet. And I there just, are moments when it seems genuine. I like Hannah Ann. Somehow, so even though she's like duplicitous and diabolical, I like her. She, she's she, fine to me. She's totally fine. If he thinks she's ready to get married in a couple weeks, he's a fucking idiot. So I think she's smart. I think that she has, while as Victoria is, has a playbook of her own that I think she's just following very closely, mm-hmm. I think Hannah Ann has noticed what Peter responds to. Yeah. And handwritten notes with hearts yes. dotting the eyes. Yeah. So this week she wrote to this long list to him of all the ways that she's falling in love with him. Yes. It's like 20, it's like 20 things. Mm-hmm. 20 things. Yeah. And 
it was straight out of Peter's playbook who um, very much last week mm-hmm. with Madison like had written that scene, you know? Like right. he responds to a, yes. an extra handwritten note and like basically wants to like your tears to stain the paper <laughs> or something like that. I, again, I I think that's kind of sweet. I think the fact that Peter responds to the things that a lot of normal people would be quite smitten by if that happened in a relationship is fine. But he's the one who keeps harping on the point that he needs someone who's serious and mature and ready for family in a relationship. Hannah Ann seems like she'd be a great hang, honestly. Yeah, she yeah, seems, she seems fun. fun. Seems like a fun person to kick it with, a fun person to date for three years and have like fun sex with and never say I love you too, I guess. <laughs> but what is he actually looking for? And it's, again, fine to be confused, but he keeps hammering home that he isn't and that he doesn't want someone who is. And so that part is just strange. And it doesn't seem like he's really building very much with either Victoria or Hannah Ann because they're, they're just like, it's constant crisis triage. I will say I did respect that Victoria said made that point. Like, yeah. how do you expect us to move forward if we keep just basically having a conversation about how we're both really emo? It's true. And he was, of course, deeply wounded and offended by that, which is valid, I guess. Wounded. You know? We know he was. Yes. Got that scar. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be able to ask the questions that are that are on his mind. But <sighs> the other thing about him and Victoria is there has to be some level of acknowledgement of, like, how— dramatic and just like out of whack his their relationship is and he said he liked the crazy yes and because he tries to trick her into thinking she's going home by walking her to the car and the, holding the rose what was this I mean that was obviously a producer's suggestion it wasn't like Peter's like let me play a trick on her it's not he's not that kind of guy but he does it's not a prankster which I respect I hate pranks but to me that's an indication that the producer's are very keenly aware of how Victoria is coming off and mm-hmm. see, and how like unbelievable it is that they could like she could get this far based right. on everything they've been through, and so with that in the air, they need to make her more sympathetic by having him walk like do a. I think walk it's walk her to the car. I think it's not to make her sympathetic. I think it's more to like stoke audience disbelief and be like, "Holy shit! I can't believe it! Didn't see it coming." And right. and I think if you watch Top Chef, you knew that Kelly talking herself up was a kiss of death. That oh, was, of course. Always happens on Top Chef. I mean. It's a really great dish. This is right in my wheelhouse. I, we're making French food. I we work at a liter- French restaurant. We literally got a checkoffs. I should be fine from her. Yeah, exactly. Terrible. Exactly. <laughs> so there was a lot of trying to like subvert expectations. And I think the Victoria stuff is so crazy. And Kelly's so clearly a better option than Victoria yeah. that everyone in production probably knew it and was just like, Peter, what are you doing? And that's how we ended up with him like trying to trick her into thinking she was going home by walking her to the van with the rose. I think Peter wields roses like weapons. I've noticed that. Like he really is dramatic in how he holds them and hands them out and everything. I know we'll get to Natasha later, but he did this with her too. Yes, it was really rude. It was was not giving it to her. What the hell is that? He's such a producer pawn. You know, there, I do want to talk about the other women we haven't gotten to, but first let's talk about today's sponsor. Valentine's Day is right around the corner, and we know finding the right gift can be stressful. That's why Movement Watches have already done all the hard work for you. They've curated their best-selling watches, jewelry, and eyewear styles into perfect Valentine's Day gift box sets for him and her. Movement's best-selling styles already pre-packaged together into sleek gift boxes so you can have a stress-free Valentine's Day. 
choose between beautiful watch and jewelry combo boxes or upgrade to a deluxe box that features a watch, bracelet, and a pair of glasses. It's all-in-one and one-and-done gifting made easy. And for every watch you order, you also get a free extra watch strap and a free gift box already packaged together for you. Who says you can't gift yourself while you're at it? Movement Special Duo Boxes feature a best-selling men's and a best-selling women's watch. So if you want to get a Movement watch, act now. I recently got a watch just for myself. It's this lovely Boulevard watch. It has a nice black and yellow, uh, black and gold face. Wonderful. Black leather band. I really like it. And this is my second Movement watch. I really recommend them. They last a long time. They look nice. I get a lot of compliments. Get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com slash bachelor. Again, that's mvmt.com slash bachelor. And enjoy a free extra watch strap and free gift box with every watch order. Go to mvmt.com slash bachelor for your most stress-free Valentine's Day gifting yet. Let's move on to talk about Kelsey. Okay. Kelsey, do you like her? She's, I think she's polarizing. People, some people are shocked that I like her. I, like Peter, have had a journey with Kelsey this season. You know, I've learned about her. I've learned about myself. I've learned about what's possible with us together. I I have to say, recovering from Champagne Gate is just one of the all-time saves. It's unbelievable. It, it's, it's shocking. It's astonishing. I need to know more about her behind the scenes, like in the house, to understand how we got here. Because again, I think she's a real beneficiary of public opinion. And it seems like the people in the house came to like her, actually. And I'm shocked yes, by it. Yes, and that... And maybe even that a lot of them did to begin with, and it's like a loud vocal minority or the people that she was feuding with. Sheen, Hannah, and had to have had some kind of squashing of the beef where they, because we saw it on camera, but it wasn't sufficient. I suspect, again, I think there's just been a lot of producer intervention this season, Mm -hmm. like more than usual. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like we can really see the seams. Yeah. And I think they... Hannah Ann and Kelsey must have talked it through where Hannah Ann was like, I had no idea. They just told me to go over here. Right. There probably was some moment where they just acknowledged that it was a huge fuck up. And Hannah Ann was like, I'm not trying to steal your wine, your champagne. I think part of it also is new common enemy. Yeah. You know, when the entire house basically turned on Tammy and Kelsey and Tammy were obviously feuding and Tammy is accusing Kelsey of being an alcoholic and popping pills. She's, I mean, Mallory, she's only on Adderall and birth control. Just a very rough sequence of events right there. And again, that doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but in the in the 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 days and weeks of the show, it actually was. I know. Which is pretty weird. So I think that if there was some sort of uh, moment in time where more of the members of the house started to feel bad for Kelsey as a result of that. Maybe things warmed and thawed between them then. And also, you know, remember, like, Hannah Ann was the main threat initially for some pressure rose and the Champagne Gate thing happens. It's like, she hasn't seemed like the front runner in a long time. That's been Madison and really a number of other people who are yeah. now gone. Yeah. So she became less threatening. Yeah, like VP as well. and, and Sydney both seem like front runners at certain points. Again, I just so I, I still don't understand. So confusing. Anything that happened there. Victoria P is probably most emblematic for me of how off I was with my read on the women at the beginning of the season. I was like, she seems great. Peter probably was open minded to a lot of them for a long time. I think that might have been part of it. Yes. If I had to guess. But so Kelsey, so I didn't. I didn't say if I liked her. Oh yeah, do you like? her? I really, I, I do. Actually, I like her too. I certainly feel for her after this week's reveal. Yeah, which 
it leads me to some broader questions about Kelsey. So Kelsey tells Peter mm-hmm. at, that basically, like, once again, all these dates speak, like, seem normal Just, to me in that they were not particularly, like, activity-focused. I'm like, what did you guys do all day? Just, like, walked around, they ro- rode, rolled around They the rode hay. ATVs. Which she, she's, like, a, like a, a fearful person because she was, like, very scared doing it. She was like, it was bumpy. Like, even, I would say I'm also kind of a fearful person when it comes yeah. to, like, adventures. But even that, I'd be fine with. Like, it's okay. I mean, in her defense, I guess, they're on a literal mountain. And there are no rails or anything. And Peter, though she said he was sweetly looking back at her, was, like, a solid 25 yards ahead <laughs> the entire time and did not seem interested in riding by her side. I think I discussed this last week with Amelia. But similar to when they go on horses. Yeah. Go on one ATV together. Like, have to hug. Get that physical contact. Yeah, I don't, again, I don't Two. understand this. This is so obvious. It's so have, obvious. Hold, hold each other. It looks so much better. Also, I would prefer that. I'd be like, yeah, Peter, you drive. I, I, well, it's a trust exercise, yeah, right? You learn yeah. something about the other person. The other thing that they did, of course, after the ATVs was that they ran up a mountain. Yes, and then Peter was surprised to be um, winded. For reasons that will never be clear to We me. all know, Peter, you're not in shape, so it's fine. It was, not that I held it against him, but I'm just like, no, I'm not in shape either. Uh, hold but, that. We got to talk about the ghost promo, by the way, okay. speaking of Peter being shirtless and all that. But when they were up on the mountain, I was so distracted by the fact that they didn't have a blanket or a towel to sit on that I couldn't focus on and, anything they were saying to and each other. He was wearing a white long sleeve sweater, lying in the grass. The grass stains, the mud stains. It had to have been hideous. Are you fucking kidding me? I was like, why are you wearing white and lying in the grass? Get them a blanket. Have them carry a blanket. There was no one around them. They were filming with drones, it appeared, right? Yeah. Peter can't hold a blanket or an oversized jacket that they so can sit weird. on. Are you kidding? Set it up for them. You know where they're going to go. Yeah, put a stake in it if it's so. You're, if you're worried about it blowing away or something. But yeah, setting up a picnic would have been nice. Also, you probably could have done a good product integration there. Definitely. It was so confusing. What's that? And then, and then they literally like were rolling around. A literal roll around makeout. Insane. And just seemed uncomfortable and like dirty. And there, there have not, to be rocks on the ground. Not necessary. Not a, sexy. No. Not fun. No. Not what I want. <laughs> Very and weird. And just to be clear, like not necessary for like hot action. I don't understand. It was really, really weird. Incredibly strange. So bizarre. And I, <laughs> incredibly a lot strange. Of, a lot of weird. I was just like, did you guys watch a movie where they roll around and you're like, let's reenact it? And then I couldn't think of a movie in which that happened. I don't know. I think that we've discussed, obviously, lifting women onto surfaces, often felt-covered surfaces, is one of Peter's go-to moves. I think that he also thinks that in order to be sexy, which he he clearly is, and women clearly find him if I, didn't know, if I didn't know anything about his personality, I'd be like, yes, that's an attractive <laughs> man. I have to say, I always feel proud of myself when I dislike someone or find someone like less attractive because of their personality. It's it good. Just, it yeah. makes me feel like I, I, I am a person inside, and it's not only about looks. So I really— con- Congrats to me. Congratulations to you on I, your growth. I used to find him attractive, and now I find him repellent. Wow. <laughs> that's severe. I, I really oscillate between how attractive— I, I find Peter in a given moment. Some of it is like, you know, I don't, uh, you come on the pod, you know, you want to behave. I don't want to talk about physical things about people that they can't help. But there are a few things with Peter who is, again, very handsome. And Ob- I think objectively a, a good looking guy. Yes. And I think really like, nice smile. Now na- He's like natural looking, which I like. 
nice tan. You know, I think that he has a very sexy body. Actually, the fact that he's not too buff, I like. And like, especially weirdly, you know, he looks nice when he's shirtless, but when he's wearing clothes, he just has such a nice figure. Yes, he wears clothes well. He really does wear clothes well. That's a thing, though. Like, some people, men and women, like, wear clothes well. Yes. He has the nice broad shoulders. He has, like, muscular legs. His, not too he tall. has, you know, big feet and who knows what else. I thought he looked good on the football date when he was wearing joggers. I was like, Peter, go he casual more often. He great in the joggers. Yeah. Great in joggers the joggers. are very flattering, particularly on men. Just an inch or two above the ankle. He had yeah. the right crop on him. He looked great. There are little things happening right now that I just, I'm like, can we get some producer? Can we actually get some producer intervention? For example, Peter, you want to rock this like couple days of scruff beard, which in general, I'm a huge fan of. Huge fan. Huge fan. Absolutely. Great. As you know, I think there should be a a global constitutional amendment across the lands that all men should have beards. Sure. Uh, I don't know. Brush your beard. Brush it. Brush it. Like, there are these... It might be Catching him at these angles where there are these little stragglers and... It's like when you go to get your eyebrows on and they, like, comb it for you at the end. You know? Like, that's what he needs. It's just get a beard brush or some balm. Also, can my guy get a haircut? I don't mind his hair. I think his hair's cute. No. I like it. No. He needs a trim on the sides. I didn't even notice. He really does. You're very particular about that. I I think he looks good. All right. And now I'm going to say the meanest thing yet. Okay, and then You're we're probably going to have to cut it. Craig will be the judge of who's meaner today. It's just, I'm not even going to say, say it. it. Say it. Say <laughs> it. Mallory, you have to say it. He has this like nasal whistle when he speaks. Do you know what I'm talking no. about? No. It drives me fucking crazy. That's not nearly as mean as it's what just, I said. It's it's like, Peter, take a Sudafed. <laughs> Blow your nose. I don't know what's going on there. I'm very, I'm hypersensitive to sound. So this I'm is, hypersensitive to smell. Oh, yeah. Sound, I have no problem with. I, anything, I can just tune it out. Oh, I can't stand it. I don't know. It's just, it's not his fault, I'm sure. But I'm like, have that you, was have you had mean. a cold for three That wasn't weeks? mean at all. <laughs> now <laughs> I'm the true you monster. so disappointed in me. <laughs> well, it's because I'm the true monster here. <laughs> Let's talk about his ghost promo before we finish up the Kelsey conversation. Okay. Quick, quick detour since we're talking about Pete. Last night during the Oscars, you may have seen Peter yeah. doing a ghost promo. Yeah. Um, a couple things about this. I happen to love ceramics. I'm obsessed. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed okay. with mugs. And you pot- are. And pottery. You are. And um, I love like a fancy ceramic. I love like a nice mug or a, a bowl. Planter. That's the word I was looking for. Okay. Yeah, like a bowl too. <laughs> Actually, not though. But I'm just really into really nice mugs and things like that. Cups, okay. whatever. Anything for drinking. Um, not just alcohol. <laughs> though I have been drinking a lot. Um, I feel that ceramics are very in right now. I recently went down a rabbit hole reading this article on artnet.com about the ceramic bro that that referenced Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, James Franco, and Seth Rogen as all ceramic bros. Okay. And I just feel like ceramics are having a moment. Great. I think Peter effectively ended that moment last night. Oh, (laughs) this is not where I thought this was going. So they reenacted Ghost, the scene where Demi Moore is at the wheel and Mm -hmm. the ghost, Patrick Swayze, comes behind her. Yeah, spoiler. Um, sorry, it's pretty foundational part of cinema. And, <laughs> and um, instead of it being one body behind him, there's like all these different hands alluding to all the women fighting over Peter. Right. Much like the Eminem performance, yes. it was completely out of context and random and weird. <laughs> I did find Peter to be very attractive. Yeah. I thought he looked great. He looked great. He looked really hot. 
And then I was like, I wish I didn't know anything about him because I'd find him even more attractive. This uh-huh. was just a random. And now I understand models that, like who you don't know anything about. Because mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, if this were someone else, I would be even more into it. But it was just so weird and random. Like, I, and also, I would guess <laughs> Peter had not seen Ghost. I bet he didn't even know what he was doing. Just because you don't think he's cultured? I think it's an old movie. I, I mean, Craig, have you seen Ghost? I have not. Yeah. Oh, Craig. It's not in the mix. So here's it's not in the zeitgeist. Like Patrick Swayze is kind of lost to time. I think if you're under 30, you're kind of like, who's that? And why what? do I care? Can yeah. this be true? I, oh, well, this is dismaying. That's I think Dirty Dancing. Ghost. I think Dirty Dancing's still popular with some sure. people. Yes, yes, yes. But it's kind of going back towards cult classic instead of mass classic. Right. And Point Break, I think there was a remake that people were like over it. And I just think Ghost is like a weird movie that that younger people don't care for. There's a bit of a barrier to entry with Ghost. It's definitely a strange premise. However, that scene yes, is hot. definitely one of the sexiest scenes yes. in movie history. Yes. Agreed. And so trying to tap into that chemistry and that like pure unvarnished passion, I respected. I also thought, I thought Peter looked super hot. He did. He looked hot. I loved the fact that when he sat down, so I just, again, just consistently going to sound insane. I know what you're going to say. A he, little bit of a, a little fat bit of A little bit Tiny of a belly. belly. Yes. When he sat yes. and I just loved it. Yes, it was realistic. I just loved it. I'm all it was, about realistic beauty. It was great. And I then loved it too. all the hands started reaching around him and then Whoopi Goldberg came and talked to him and it was very strange. He probably was like, Whoopi Goldberg from The View? <laughs> like, like I think his frame of reference is limited and I don't mean that to be me and I think it's just a sign of generational change mm-hmm. it was funny a big look for our guy getting an incredible look for our guy during the Oscars though barely anyone watched the Oscars so maybe not such a big look after all I, guess. I watched them I watched oh them God. too every minute shouts of it. to Parasite amazing I love, stuff love Parasite <laughs> too. my favorite movie of 2019 so it's like one of my th- three favorite movies of the previous decade I loved it what was your second favorite movie this year um, after Parasite Good question. I guess Little Women. Mm. Uh, I will say the movie I've thought about the most, though it's not that good, yeah. is um, Someone Great on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a rom-com. <gasps> Boy, that's a left fielder. Not a Marriage Story fan? I liked Marriage Story a lot, but I mostly like the score by Randy Newman. I've Your listened, dude. I've been listening to it a lot. Um, I liked Marriage Story. I couldn't get past Scarlett Johansson's weird styling and why they decided to make her unattractive in that movie. I thought it was really weird. I really liked it, but like as an intense, both as an intense fan of Noah Baumbach, yeah, I would say it's one of his lesser works. Oh my god, I loved it. I know. I also, I'm not. I don't have a relationship with divorce yet. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, I shan't. I rewatched Kramer versus Kramer this weekend just to prep for thinking about Marriage Story at the Oscars. This is the difference between you and me. I rewatched <laughs> High Fidelity yesterday to prepare for the Zoe Kravitz show on Hulu. Oh, I mean my. My truest love, Zoe Kravitz, as you know. I know. The most know. beautiful person alive. So you pre- you prepared with Woo. Kramer versus Kramer, and I prepared with High Fidelity, which I had to pay for to rent. I paid four bucks. I don't regret it. Didn't love the movie. But I also watched <laughs> my two favorite episodes of one of my favorite shows, Love Sick. Mm-hmm. I was just going full rom-com yesterday. I respect it. And I also watched The Intern over the weekend. Mm. I'm just in a rom-com zone right now. Great. Be you. Thank you. Back to Peter. Kelsey and, would and want Kelsey. you to be you. Kelsey reveals that... At her hometown, should she get one, which mm-hmm. she did, Peter will be meeting her mom and her sisters, right. and her dad won't be there. And it's not a big deal because her dad left a while ago. Which she had already shared with him. Yes. 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 And she mentioned how she probably also was really rocked by marriage story. The divorce was very hard for her. 
Then she revealed that she does have a relationship with her father. Right. And her mother doesn't know about it. And so when right. she basically had to tell Peter, don't mention my father to my mother. Right. She presented it as, I don't, I want you to be prepared, basically, yes. for why people aren't talking about my dad. Right. But it clearly was a coded, don't tell my mom. Don't mention this. Yeah. When do you think Kelsey told her mom? Has to be before tonight. I bet you it's going to come up on the hometown. How do you, if you have a big secret, how the fuck do you go on TV? Like, I, it honestly, it's so short-sighted and dumb that it, it blows my mind. And, like, I, I really like Kelsey. And I understand that like, this is, like, kind of picking nets here. Yeah. But it's just a weird move. If you have a big secret, stay anonymous. Like, that's just my advice just mm-hmm. to everyone in the world. You know? Don't draw attention to yourself. I think that that's reasonable. I think that part of the subtext and overt text of what she was saying to Peter are, as she was explaining her choice, which I, I I found overall to be, like, pretty moving. I found it moving, too. I, I have to say, I do think Kelsey is really searching. I think that she has a vulnerability to her that is very real. Yes. And maybe is not well served by reality TV or The Bachelor, but I think it is legit. So this is exactly what I was going to say. I think that's right, and I think that maybe whether it was conscious or not, that's part of the answer to your question, why do this, is because she's looking for clarity. Yeah. She's looking for a guiding hand, and maybe she thinks that she can find it through this experience, and maybe she will. You know, yeah. Maybe the fact that just just by the sheer fact of bringing Peter across the threshold into her home, they're going to have all these conversations about what marriage is, what love looks like, how family history and the, the model that you have in your life informs the choices that you make or doesn't. That this might come up and might be something that is ultimately very rewarding for her. Yeah. And I I think that actually the situation with her father and how she kind of cast out on her own to have a relationship with him when no one else does actually explains a lot about how she's approached her relationship with Peter, yeah. where she's just sort of like, I'm doing me, which yes. like is cool. And that but that like just makes a lot of sense. And I don't know. I I don't think Kelsey can win, but I I do like her now and I feel for her. I don't think that there's any chance that she wins. I was kind of surprised she made it to hometowns. She's a lot to deal with. I mean, obviously he likes he likes a mess and he likes someone who's crying a lot. So that's definitely her. They have, I thought that, again, our our avatar for, for normalcy, Kelly. Kelly. She's the one who identified when that great moment when Kelsey was out on the one-on-one and they cut back to the hotel and Victoria F and Kelly are on the couch talking. Yeah, Kelly, what do you think is going to happen? Kelly's just taking a shower. Yeah, <laughs> sitting there with the white hair. That was great. I loved it. And Victoria was saying basically, you know, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if she, you know, nothing would surprise me or I'm not going to presume to know, blah, 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 this long-winded thing. And Kelly's like, I would be surprised if she did not get a rose because they have an emotional, deep connection. And that's something that Peter, as a hopeless romantic, really yeah. likes, which is exactly right. Like, yeah. Kelly really understands Peter. And so whether Peter actually Peter fucked Kelsey, up. He should have picked Kelly. I, maybe he will. Maybe. I mean, who knows? I don't know anything about the season. I've somehow avoided any spoilers, but they are obviously setting up, including in the the you know the rest of the season preview that we got at the end of this episode. There's actually a there is a theory out there that I want to address. I, oh, I'm almost positive it's not true, so I want to address it. Can oh, I do that? Yeah. There's a theory floating around on Instagram, Reddit. I don't know. It's been sent to me by a few people okay. that Peter ends up with his producer Julie Laplaca. What? And that is why Peter people think like. It can't be spoiled, and that's what I think the big twist is at the end. I am almost positive that it's not true. That would be... For, what? I, I have a couple of reasons why I'm pretty sure it's not true. Number one, 
that would be catastrophic for the show. Yeah. That is, that this is, it's not the same, but back at the real world, Seattle, season seven. So it was like 1998 or nine. David very famously has a relationship with one of the producers. Her name is Kira. And there's a scene. David, one of my all-time favorites. Two different colored eyes. He was great. He went to VMI. Loved him. Loved those, remember those abs? Love, yes. He's great. Love David. Very <laughs> emotional guy. He would have been a great bachelor. David and Kira had a relationship. And there was a famous scene where they were in the car screaming at each other. Mm-hmm. And David is in anguish. He's like so in love with Kira. And her job is on, is on the line. Right. Because... Um, this can't happen. And it's like one of the best moments of the real world ever. It's just audio. It's really was incredible. And that's because a contestant and a producer having a relationship on reality TV is an absolute no-go. So that threatens the integrity of the entire structure of what they're doing. It would be like removing a piece from the Jenga tower mm-hmm. that was absolutely necessary. And that could not happen. This this producer, Julie, would be fired if that happened. And something... The precedent also for this is in Pavelka's season, one of the one of the contestants had a, uh, hooked up with one of the producers and she had to leave right away. Um, it would be so devastating for the way the show runs. What happened the other time with someone who like had jumped out of a balcony? Yes, and in Paradise. In Paradise, Yes, right? in Paradise. It also happened. Yeah. Julie would no longer be with the show if that was the case. Are we sure she is? When Peter came, he came with three people, two, two publicists and a producer, and it was Julie. I am positive that he is not with Julie. There's just no way. (laughs) Also, on The Bachelor, the lead gets assigned a producer, Mm -hmm. and that producer is like their best friend, their therapist, and like their bodyguard. So part of the theory is there's a lot of pictures out there with of Peter and Julie and like Julie with his family and stuff. Her name's Julie Julie LaPlaca. I'm looking at her right now. She was really nice. Very pleasant. Easy to talk to. I liked her a lot. Julie is Peter's producer. And so she has been with him like day and night for the last X number of months. Like, okay. they're close. And so maybe- But they, that would also always be true. Yes. But she was she was pretty, she was very much around with Hannah. She was Hannah's producer. Her and Hannah are really good friends. I think Hannah celebrated her birthday with Julie. Like, I, I just think that as the producers are getting younger and social media is accelerating, we're more aware of the producers. Like okay. everyone knew about Alon. And I just think that there's more photographic proof of Julie. The thing that's feuding, feeling this is that in part of the end promo where Peter's like freaking out, he's yeah, lying yeah, on the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Julie's in that shot. They've blurred out her face. Uh-huh. But that's one of the reasons people think he's with her. I am. I would be shocked and like would need to really like reconsider <laughs> my level of expertise when it comes to The Bachelor <laughs> if Peter Weber and Julie LaPlaca are together. Wow. It would be so bad for the show. Julie could not still be working for it. And it would be such a big deal. I would have heard about it. I, I'm sorry. I just, I do not believe it. But what if they, the reason that she hasn't, her firing hasn't been announced is because they know that would reveal what happened. It wouldn't reveal what happens though because like only a few people would understand why Julie wasn't around. Right. And there's plenty of secrets in Bachelor Nation. So what, that, that is, I'm shocked. I had not heard any of that. What? In the last couple of days it picked up steam. Craig, okay. had you heard so about this that? this is recent? No, I never heard about it. Yeah, it's like the last week or so. See, I had heard the 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 since debunked rumor that he got someone pregnant. Right. I never heard that one. Didn't make it to me. Oh, okay. But that's not true. I hope not. But that'd be funny. It kind of not funny. <laughs> it would be a, it would be a real wrinkle. But I think what what I was gonna say is that there are all of these bubbling theories and rumors. Doesn't seem like the truth is out there. I don't think it is. Which, what's the explanation for that? Unless it's one of these things. Or something else that's astonishing. 
I bet that he ends up with someone to Colton, but isn't getting engaged. I bet he ends up with his second choice and has to. I bet he was about to make a choice, okay. gets new information, and then realizes he can't can't get engaged. So what new information? So this is what he's having a meltdown about, and then we see his mother say, "Bring, bring her, her home." home. <laughs> I, I, I think don't that's all. Totally... I think that's a red herring. I've yeah. all, I've maintained this since I first saw that in the opening trailer. I think. Yeah. I think Barbara saying "Bring her home" is more like general. Yeah. Whoever you love, whoever's in your yeah. heart. I mean, they had the the Hannah Ann like sobbing, weeping that we'd been seeing in the previews for a long time was finally in this episode, and it turned out, of course, it was happy tears because yeah. she had gotten the rose. There's some stuff in the in the preview, which, by the way, yeah. I thought was sweet. And I, oh uh, no, that was where she lost me again. <laughs> and I love to cry, Juliet. You do. I love to cry. I, I like, love tears. I, like I have to cry alone. Nothing but respect for showing your emotions freely. It is actually one of the things that has drawn me toward Kelsey. I think. I mean, it's it is amazing that she. You rarely get through a conversation between Kelsey and Peter without some sort of you know tremor in her voice. Sure. But I do think it's 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 nice that she's willing to show how she feels without f- fear of judgment or repercussion. The Hannah Ann thing just, I just didn't believe that she cared that much, at least about I Peter. Think, and again, I, like, I think she's Hannah fine. Ann cares about winning. And I, yes, she's, sure, moving forward, she's competitive, and the girl wants to win. She doesn't want to be embarrassed. She's she's just okay. She's out here for blood. Let me throw out my theory. Okay, for. Well, we haven't talked about Madison yet, but it hinges on Madison. I'll save it. Let's talk about Madison right now. Okay. Actually, I just, we're not going to go deep on Natasha. Natasha's out. Yes. She got a one-on-one. He picked up the rose to say, Natasha, I can't give this to you. That was ridiculous. You're going to make someone really happy. And that was kind of it. It's sort of, I we're giving Natasha short shrift. The show gave Natasha short shrift. Positive will see her in paradise because she's a great quote. She's, she's elite. I, I thought that she was great. very cool. Very composed, beautiful. Obviously, seemed smart. I loved the way that she said to him at the end. I hope you. I hope you're following your heart and you find what you're looking for. I know I will. Which was like yes. a nice kind of subtle dig at yes. him at the end for making bad decisions. Clearly, not knowing what he wanted. I mean, she to be in a situation. She, came, she left as she lived. She was entertaining, and that's kind of it. First of all, she noticed immediately that he had the bandage off. Yes. He had to to point it out to Madison. Yes. You know, she's observant. She's an adult. She's mature. She's an adult. She's 31. She has a career. The fact that Peter basically tried to say as an excuse, you know, I waited too long was just horseshit to me. Like, he wasn't interested. Yeah. He wasn't. And that's fine. It's fine. You don't have to be interested, but like, just be honest. Yeah. Natasha, we'll see you this summer and we're looking forward to it. We wish you nothing but the best. I'll be following you on Instagram very shortly. Okay, Madison. She yes. got the first one-on-one. We haven't uh-huh. really seen her basically at all since week one when she got the first one-on-one. Um, I like that Madison is wearing less makeup than she was initially. I think it just, I like the way it looks. Is she wearing less makeup or is the mascara just applied more expertly? I thought she was, I thought, I think they all wear so much makeup. They do. That's so why I was happy much. to see her wearing less. That's why we needed Alexa to last longer because Alexa was not wearing a lot. Um, mm. Madison reveals to Peter they have a, again a pretty pedestrian date seemed nice they went out except, on a boat except he told her he was falling in love with her and then she did not say it back That's and he true. was delighted it was really weird well she, and she the reason she didn't say it back is because she needs to know that the person she could be falling for has the same vision of the future and she has a very specific one yes which honestly I give her a lot of credit for mm-hmm. Madison said the most important thing to her is her faith yes. it's not something that's just been passed down to her it's something that defines her yes. and she wants her husband to be the faith leader of her household yes and 
she needs him to know that's her vision and she needs to know if he can be a part of it. Yes. And that, I think that's why she didn't say it back is because she wanted to have that conversation. What did Peter respond with after she shared all that? Peter responded like this. Thank you so much for telling me. <laughs> he was like, it was stunned silence. Yes. I think we've taken a turn with Madison. And here's the thing. I am not Christian. I am not religious. Mm-hmm. I was raised Jewish. I like to participate in Jewish culture. It's very hard for me to relate to what Madison's looking for. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's very, very different. Mm-hmm. I really respect the integrity with which she f- pursues this path, if this is what she believes in Absolutely. and what, what she wants. I think it's really hard to do as a young person. I think it's um, very difficult to live that life. It's like not in vogue. So I think it's hard and I commend her and I admire it. I think if you're not aligned, though, it's a significant hurdle because right. she's so specific about what she wants. And if he doesn't feel the same way and like, he, you know, also like it's not like all Christianity is the same. Maybe he's a different kind of Christian and like, he said he also was born in a uh, raised in um, yes. a Christian home, but and he struggles with his faith. Yes, and on his one on one with Hannah, you actually you could tell his parents were religious as well. But yes. religion has not been or his hometown with Hannah. Religion has not been a defining factor of Peter. He's and, he's it's come up a few times enough that when he says that he was raised in a Christian home and that his faith is a part of his life, you believe it. Yeah, basically, definitely. but you also believe his ensuing comments about how he. N- could have more faith and that he would welcome basically someone in his life helping him in that respect. Yes. I, this was also her, um, you know, very candid, very raw speech to him about how important this was in her life was on the heels of her talking about her father. Yes. And how she wants, you know, a man who reminds her of him and how he has led her family and faith and that's why he is able to love them the way that he does. I found myself like uh, the 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 dickish part of my mind watching this very earnest sequence unfold thinking, oh, you want to fuck your dad? That's great. Peter wants to fuck his mom. <laughs> you guys are very well matched. And that has been a thing since their first, their last date. Like that was came up in week one. Yes. But in general, this led me to my prediction for the season. Okay. Which is Clearly, Madison is Peter's favorite. Yes, clearly. He, I thought that the silence spoke to a couple different things. One, I thought he was actually moved and touched. I did too. I think he was like, I think he was digesting it. Yes, I'm seeing who you are. You're showing me who you are. That's all I've asked for. I thought he was terrified. Yes. Because he can't, he realized he in that, that moment guy. that he cannot give her what she he wants. He is not that guy. Yes. And, and so, he doesn't want the same life. He really likes her, but they just, they, he is very much about a vision of his future, which I think is also normal. I think when you approach a relationship, like you have certain things that like you're looking for and part of the beauty of it is some of them are met and some of them are your surprise and you end up in a place you never could have anticipated. And that's like really beautiful. But I think that he's so intimidated by her vision versus his that it's like really overwhelming. And it, he, we sort of had him, we saw him digest his information and be like, oh no. Yes. Like I... I don't know if he was intimidated because I think that the things that he has, at, at least the things that we have heard him articulate, is that he wants somebody who loves him as much as he loves them. Okay. In theory, that could be a check mark with her. That he wants someone who believes in family, definitely a check mark. And that he wants someone who's going to go explore the world with him. I don't have not seen anything from Madison that would indicate she's not interested in that. Right. Okay. So it, again, to me, all connected to this, this deep-seated feeling of inadequacy that fuels so much of his process. 
I'm not good enough. I'm not going to be what you want. You're going to reject me at the end. And so I think that he is going to want to try to convince her and her family that he can give her what she wants and what she's looking for. More, Maybe more importantly, try to convince himself that he can do that. We've seen, and I agree with you that the, obviously the previews are always deceptive, right? Yes. However, we have seen a clip of Madison talking to her mother about her virginity. She is saving herself for marriage. She will reveal that to Peter at some point. We have also now seen a clip of her saying that it's not going to sit well with her if, if he's intimate. With if he's intimate moment. with other people, that's we've seen that, right? Yes. Now maybe that could be like a Frankenbite, a Frankenbite, so. or something. But it seems like that will be something that they have to confront at some point. We know for a fact that Peter is intimate with other people. <laughs> yeah. We see him naked, rolling around in bed with someone who we we can't see. They're wearing socks. It's kind of. Kind of weird for her to even come on the show since he is famous for being the windmill guy. Great point. Like, great point. But will they talk about that? Famous for his virility. Will they talk about that? I think the windmill's over. I think that's over. They cannot end up together. I I don't, I just don't think they can. So she's the one, this is the prediction. She's the one he wants. Yes. She can't do it. She can't get on board with the fact that he's sleeping with other people, that he has slept with other people, that this is the full life that he's chosen. She's going to leave. And then he is going to say, that's who I want. His mother is going to convince him to go Bring pursue her, her. She's actually met her, remember? So yes, it's like the only person it would maybe make sense for. And then he's going to do that and convince her to try to have a relationship with him. But that's why they're not engaged. This is my prediction. I don't know. I like it. I think it's a good one. Throwing it out there. I, I just cannot see him with any of the other women. It's impossible for me to envision. He doesn't have chemistry with really anyone but Madison. I think a little bit with Victoria F, actually, but it's like weird cry energy. He, the thing, the th- here's the thing. I'll be crude. Why not? Why not? We're an hour and 10 minutes in. Let's be crude. He, Victoria F and Hannah Ann are there because he wants to fuck them. Yeah. And he will. He's a boob guy, obviously. And he will, yeah. right? <laughs> and then they will be gone. Yeah. Kelsey, I think he actually is drawn to what that relationship could be. The kind I of think, like I think being her savior is appealing to him, and she clearly she clearly is I'm not saying she needs to be saved, but I think that she is looking for someone to like sweep her off her feet, like in a literal sense. Mm-hmm. And I think she wants that kind of really paternalistic relationship. I think that as drawn as he is to how emotionally raw and forthcoming she is, we we also heard him say on this date, oh, we didn't really have an emotional morning. That was so nice. Yeah. Like, a- at some point, you're going to tire of that, and I think he's probably approaching that It's going to be exhausting. Yeah. That, he's not really establishing a baseline of, like, happiness or contentness with any of these women so far. Well, what, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you, a scholar. When was the last time we were down to the final four and it didn't feel like any of these relationships were really all that far along? Um, well, I think with Hannah B, they many of them seemed far along, which was like yeah. confusing. Like you definitely believed in her and you you believed in her and Luke. I I never believed in her and Peter, but I think you could believe in her and Luke and Tyler and Jed. Mm-hmm. Um with Colton. I think he seemed legit into Hannah G and Cassie. Like both yeah. of them you could have could have really believed in. Um, with Becca, I mean her and Garrett and her and Blake oh both God. seem like done deals. Like yeah. both of them you they believed. were in love with each other. Yeah, one hundred percent. Ari like was so weird, but also like his boringness made it easy to believe that he did really have a deep love for Lauren and her mm-hmm. yoga pants. <laughs> it was clear he made the wrong choice in the moment he picked Becca. Absolutely. Um before Ari, I think, was Rachel. And I think Rachel and both Peter and Brian seem far along. Yeah. I mean, her and Peter very much. Yeah. Um, with Nick, 
it was obviously Vanessa for a long time. Yep. Maybe it was a little revision S. Before Nick, we had JoJo. JoJo, yeah. JoJo and Jordan had probably the best chemistry I've ever seen on the show. <laughs> right. Yeah. Ben. Ben with Lauren and JoJo, but believed both very yep. hard, very much. And when he was weeping about having to say goodbye to JoJo, totally, yep. totally bought it. Um, Caitlin, Caitlin and Sean Booth, yes, yep. very much so. And also her and Nick, like they boned in week four. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a long time. This is weird. And maybe if he does end up with Madison at the end, we'll look back and say, oh, the first date, the Madison family, it was clearly them from the start. But there's something iconic about Peter as the Bachelor. And before the season, I heard it was going to be really dramatic and, like, could it be in top five most dramatic season ever? What? Um, well, that hasn't happened Most yet. dramatic, not best. Most dramatic, most entertaining. And I, I think that there is something that we will not forget about Peter. It's not a forgettable season. Mm-hmm. But I don't think A will remember the women that much. I don't think oh, no. any of them really stick out because I think in general they're pretty, I don't, you know, it's hard to speak in generalities, but I think I at least find them pretty unlikable. Yeah. And Peter is so frustrating. Like he's not, even with Colton, who I was not a fan of, <laughs> there was some kind of like sick joy in watching him like bumble through. Mm-hmm. And I guess the virgin stuff like had carried yeah. something in the season. With Peter, I think it's also hard because he has referenced it a lot. His connection with Hannah was really obvious to everyone. Mm -hmm. And had we not seen them together at her after the final rose, where there clearly was something still there, and... And then the beginning of his season. Yeah, the beginning of his season. I think that kind of tainted it in a lot of ways, because he has seemed so indecisive and just not really... Just none of these connections seem real. And he seems to, like, he wants to feel, but he doesn't. And it's just bizarre to watch this happen. Incredible miscalculation to have Hannah be a part of this season. I agree. Because it is the ever-present measuring stick yeah. that everything else is compared to. And I still wish, I don't think this is what happens, but I would still be happy if this ended with him and Hannah be back together. I, I just like, I felt that way for a long time. Now I'm just over all of that. I wanted them to give it a shot. It seemed like they had something. Yeah. I think that Peter just is in love with the idea of being in love. You yeah. know? I agree. He's, There's a long way to go. I mean, hometowns, fantasy suites, Final two, like, there's a... I'm so excited for Victoria's hometown based on the coming the scenes for next week. What's your prediction for what happens there? It looks like it's going to be absolute madness. I, I read some spoilers, so I don't oh, want to say. Okay. All right. They came to me. Okay. Unfortunately. Keep me pure. Yeah, I will. Um, Mal. Yes. This has been such a joy and a delight. It's been great for me. I, I really... Oh, one thing I forgot to mention. Yeah. Madison referred to Peter as so real. This week, which made it genuine, genuine and real, real, which I was just like, oh, yeah, that really was her on her burner. Genuine, genuine and, and real. real. Um, Very tough. Thank you so much for doing this. Hope to have you back soon. I would love to return literally any time that you'd like me to return. And I just wanted to say at the end as we part, um, thank you for not coming and meeting my family. <laughs> as my prophet Kelly once said. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Jacoby is back on Wednesday. We'll do a little batch talk at the top and then get into Vanderpump, of course. Um, thank you so much. Thank you to State Farm and to Movement Watches. I will talk to you soon. 